The market doesn't joke around, so why would you? Get serious. Choose Tasty Trade. Tasty Trade gives you the tools you need to make smarter moves. Dig into data with advanced charting, track profit accurately with order chain trackers, see risk clearly with curve analysis, and trade with low-capped commissions, stocks, options, futures, and more. All on one platform. No wonder serious traders choose Tasty Trade. Join the club, genius. Tasty Trading is a registered broker-dealer and member of FINRA and SIPC. I'm Brian Sullivan, and you're listening to CNBC's Worldwide Exchange. Our show airs live weekdays at 5 a.m. Eastern. Listen in. It's 5 a.m. at CNBC Global Headquarters, and here is your Friday Top 5 at 5 share, sale, sell-off. The saga that is AMC continues this morning. We speak with one investor who's been along for the ride through it all. Have we hit peak SPAC? A $42 billion deal in the works backed by none other than, yeah, Bill Ackman could be the largest SPAC deal to date. Pressure mounting on Beijing as the Biden administration expands a ban on investing in companies linked to the Chinese military and the investigation into COVID's origins grows. You won't believe this. TikTok now wants to grab even more of your kids' private and personal information. Think fingerprints and face scans of your kid. And your weekly insider buying is here with one huge bet all on one big dating app. It is all happening now on this June 4th, and this is Worldwide Exchange. Well, good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, and welcome from wherever in the world you may be watching. Good Friday morning. I'm Brian Sullivan. Thanks for joining us. Let's get right to it and hit your Friday futures. They are not doing a whole lot. Remember, we got the jobs number out in about uh, three hours, three and a half hours. Futures right now are flat to maybe slightly down in the Dow. And that jobs number coming out, the estimate is for 670,000 jobs to be added. Although, remember, the April jobs number well off the estimates, just coming in at under 300,000. People expected close to a million. So could rattle the markets. We'll find out. Right now, let's check the hottest macro trade of them all lately, and that is oil. Oil is on the rise again. Gasoline prices surging across America as the price of crude oil is nearing 70 bucks a barrel. Well, maybe you can pay for part of that increased cost of your gas tank with crypto, but only if you've owned it for a while. Crypto, after up yesterday, down today, Bitcoin off 5% to 36,559. Ethereum down about 6.5%. All that after a decent move up Thursday. We are seeing all the crypto commodities down on this Friday. We've also got to get a check on the big four trader favorite cult stocks. Call them what you will. They're the names that have had all the volume and, and all the interest. And AMC right now is down about 3%. They've got that big additional share sale. BlackBerry and Bed Bath & Beyond are up a bit. GameStock is down about 4%. We'll get more on those names throughout the day here on CNBC. But right now, let us get to some breaking news in the deal world, shall we? And that is Bill Ackman confirming he is working on what could be the largest blank check gamble to date. Let's get more details with Jumana Brissetti in our London newsroom. Jumana. Morning, Brian. Huge deal over here. So billionaire investor Bill Ackman's special purpose acquisition company, SPAC, 
Tontain Holdings has confirmed it is in talks to buy a 10% stake in Universal Music Group at an enterprise value of about 35 billion euros or 42 billion dollars. Now, Ackman's Pershing Square Tontine Holdings broke SPAC records last year, you remember, in June or July, with its $4 billion listing. But UMG itself, the label behind artists such as Taylor Swift and Lady Gaga, is majority owned by Vivendi, the French media conglomerate, with Chinese tech giant Tencent still holding a 20% stake it acquired in 2019, back then valuing the company at 30 billion euros, so a good 5 billion euros lower than where it is today. Now, Vivendi had said earlier this year that it was planning on listing 60% of Universal Music by the end of this year on Euronext. The press release today said that they still do intend to go ahead with this listing in the third quarter. So the IPO plans are unchanged. That is an important point. In terms of how stocks have reacted, though, let me just take you to the price action we have this morning. Vivendi down about four-tenths of a percentage point. And here, because uh, some analysts that we've spoken to this morning have said that Vivendi were hoping to get a valuation north of $50 billion. They didn't quite get there. So the announcement of the valuation of about $42 billion is coming as somewhat of a disappointment to some investors. Vivendi being sold down just a tad, about four-tenths of a percentage point. Tencent, we said, still have a 20% stake in the company, down about two-thirds. As for the SPAC itself, well, initially, the reaction for Tontine wasn't that positive. We traded down as much as a 12 13% lower. But you can see right now and after hours, we're down about 2.5 percentage points, Brian. So uh, a lot of movement, but a massive deal in SPAC space this morning. Absolutely. That would be one of the biggest, if not the biggest deal that we certainly have seen. One to watch today. Jumana, thank you very much. All right, now to some of this morning's other top headlines, including... Another hit on investing in China. Christina Partsinevelos is here with those headlines. Christina, good morning. Good morning, Brian. We've got the Biden administration that is expanding a Trump-era order banning U.S. investment in Chinese companies with ties to the country's military. The order nearly doubles the list of companies now off limits to the United States investors and moves authority for the ban to the Treasury Department from the Defense Department to give it stronger legal grounding. Apple is reportedly working on a new iPad Pro with wireless charging and a new iPad mini, the first redesign for that product in six years. According to a report, the new iPad Pro is scheduled for release in 2022 with the iPad mini later this year. The main design change in testing for the iPad Pro is reportedly a switch to a glass back from the current aluminum Apple enclosure. Apple shares are trending a little bit lower in pre-market trading down about 1.2%. And TikTok appears to have just given itself permission to collect biometric data on its U.S. users. In an update to its privacy policies earlier this week, the Chinese social media platform introduced a new section saying that it may, quote, collect biometric information from its users' content. This includes things like face prints and voice prints. TikTok could not confirm what product developments necessitated the addition of biometric data to its list of disclosures, but said it would ask for consent in the case such data collections practices began. In the case. I don't know. Brian? I can't imagine that any lawmaker would allow any company, wherever it's based or whoever it's backed by, to collect your children's fingerprints. I mean, let's be clear. That's what we're talking about in large cases. Fingerprints, you know, your voice 13 prints, Your 13-year-old kid has to yeah. Yeah, log into your you know, fingerprints or, or, or a face scan of your child 
to use a, a music and dancing app. It just seems insane. Do you not that this, think this is already happening, though, with other companies, other apps across the board? Well, listen, all these apps are really just data collection devices anyway. It's a very fair point. Christina Parsonevelos, we will see you in just a few minutes. Bon matin. Ah, bientôt. Merci. All right, now, back to your money and what has been one of the hottest macro trades of all this year, and that is oil and gas. And your first guest says he's still a believer in the group, even after its run-up. Joining us now is iSector's Chief Investment Officer, Charles Self. Chuck, good to have you back on the program. I mean, it's been the year of digging stuff out of the ground. Anything you dig out of the ground, whether it's, you know, food, metals, or oil and gas is booming. Are you still a believer in investing in these assets? Yes, this is just the beginning. We have seen uh, the the, uh, major move already in the past six months in in, uh, these assets, as you indicated. And we think because this is a demand pull inflation uh, situation, that uh, the demand is going to go so much hot, uh, faster than the supplies could be able to, to come back. And that's why you see in many of these industries, uh, the inventory gluts that were there last year have gone away. And uh, prices uh, for oil, for instance, have pushed uh, towards $70 a barrel. So uh, uh, when these things happen, they happen for a long time. And we think uh, you should be overweighting uh, those types of assets. How do we play it, Chuck? Well, there's many different ways of of playing it. You could certainly play it on the broad commodity front. And one of the ways that we've been playing it is with the IQ Global Resources ETF, G-R-E-S, in that it's a broad global uh, ETF uh, of of commodity-related companies. And then they have a 20% short in the uh, equity market. So you get a much more pure commodity uh, play. And so it's done very well in this uh, in, increase in commodities. Um, then if you want to go to specific uh, uh, commodities, we still love energy. And uh, energy, of course, has been uh, great over the past couple of months. And so um, we just take a broad equity, uh, uh, energy equity fund, Vanguard equity, BDE, for instance, is a great way to play it. It's hard to figure out which part of energy is going to do well at any point in time. So you might as well uh, just do the broad energy and 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 write it up. And again, these are going to be multi-year outperformers. Yeah, and that's oil and gas specifically. Six months ago, we asked our Twitter users and viewers and everybody, you know, about what's going to boom. And one of our choices was a broad basket of commodity ETFs. It actually came in second in returns in the last six months. Are you also playing the broader commodity spectrum? I mean, everything, Chuck, we talk about is up in price. I mean, everything. Right, right. Yeah, I, I, I fortunately have an uncle that uh, does cattle, and uh, and he's getting more for his cattle. So it's it's great for the uh, producers right now. And uh, again, a, a broad uh, commodity play uh, like GERS or any of the broad community uh, commodity funds are likely to continue to do well. Uh, we we think this is a global phenomena. And um, because of the global demand, it's, it's beyond China. It's, it's in uh, all markets. Uh, we think this is long lasting. Well, just looking here, live cattle futures up 22% in a year, Chuck. So 
Your uncle is making some. Where's the beef? Apparently, it's with your uncle and in his bank account because everything, including cattle, is indeed up in price. Chuck Self, the VDE, the GRES commodity ETF. And there's our chart of live cattle. Chuck Self, have a great weekend, my friend. Thanks for joining hey, us. Hey, Brian. It's pork, it's beef. I mean, everything's up in price. All right. We are just getting started on a very busy Friday. And when we come back, get ready to pay up for something else. Why hotel rates are soaring as travel booms. It's going to be the year of the traffic jam. Plus, apparently there's some intelligence missing from McDonald's artificial intelligence drive through pilot program. That and your top trending stories ahead. And then... An investor has been riding the AMC roller coaster since day one. He's not new to the game. He'll lay out the smart way to play it now. Dow futures flat. Oil is up. And we're back right after this. What does it mean to be rich? Is it having more stories to share or time to give? Is it being able to keep your loved ones close or travel somewhere far away? At Edward Jones, we believe the key to being rich is knowing what counts. Your dedicated financial advisor will take a comprehensive approach to your financial strategy to help support what truly matters to you. EdwardJones.com slash findyourrich. Edward Jones, member SIPC. All right, welcome back. Well, we've certainly talked a lot about travel and business travel making a comeback. And it looks like the travel industry is coming back in a big way and fast. Air travel volumes hitting the highest levels this past Memorial Day weekend since the pandemic began. TSA screening an average of 1.8 million people from last Friday through Monday. That's more than a six times what it was one year ago. Joining us now to talk about this and broader travel trends is PwC leader of hospitality and leisure, Scott Berman. Scott, welcome back to the program. I'm just going to tell you anecdotally, prices are also soaring. I was looking to book a trip for my family between Christmas and New Year. This is a true story. To Mexico. We're not going. It's too expensive. The flights are insane. The hotel costs are insane. (laughs) Maybe I'm cheap. I'm not doing it. How fast is travel and travel costs coming back? Well, good morning, Brian, and thank you for having me back. Uh, You know, if you have a little flexibility a week before or a week after, I think you can take that trip to Mexico, but there's no question that the leisure market, the resort uh, sector is roaring back. Uh, in fact, I'm not surprised by your story because many of the resorts and destinations that we work with are telling us that their 2021 bookings are ahead of pre-pandemic uh, periods such as 2018 and 2019. So I'm not surprised by your story at all. And Memorial Day weekend. So well, uh, hold on. Go back. Scott, go back to that. I want to go back to that. That point you just made, which is just I mean, I mean, think about this. What you just said is we're seeing in some cases more demand than pre-pandemic. Is that in part obviously because we're, you know, many of us in the country, if you're not in the Midwest or the South, locked up for most of the year. You've saved a bunch of money and now it's going to be kind of the. Uh, who's got the most money gets to get on the plane kind of a story? I I don't think so. I I think there is room for everybody. But you have to remember, Brian, there is all this pent-up demand. Think about the number 
of weddings that were postponed, the number of family reunions. I just got back from my son's college graduation. We couldn't have done that a year ago, right? And so I was part of that 1.8 million TSA uh, number over the weekend. And so um, I, I do think that, you know, in high demand periods, it's pricey. But we're talking about a relatively uh, limited uh, time on the calendar, right? So it is over those school holiday periods that you're going to find the highest prices, not only in the air, but also on land. What hotels and what airlines want, though, Scott, and it's great to say congrats to your son, but what they want is you and I, and I'm flying next week for business, the business travelers getting back on the plane. What do we know about business travel? Because we all know that's the real moneymaker. For sure. And um, there are still lots of chapters to be written um, about that segment. I think that we're cautiously optimistic and feeling better than we did certainly six months ago. Um, and after this, this summer swoon, I think we will see corporate travel begin to gradually, underline gradually, come back. And I think it starts with, with business groups, right? The optic of coming together, the optic of socializing, right? And saying, uh, sending a message to our colleagues and our employees and our staffs that it is safe to travel. I don't know about you, but... I mean, that first trip, I was a bit timid uh, about getting on the airplane, about checking into the hotel. I felt better the second time. The third time, it was like old hat. But there's no question that business travel is going to be a longer path to recovery. I I, I flew in June of last year. Sky flew 20,000 miles or so last year. I remember being like the only person in Minneapolis-St. Paul Airport in in the month of June. But maybe I'm insane. That said, are we going to change our loyalties, right? You've got Hilton points or Marriott points, or you fly United or Delta. Are we starting to reevaluate who's worth our dollars? Well, I think that loyalty remains uh, paramount uh, to the consumer uh, and in terms of providing choice. Um, And so uh, I think each of those programs, keep an eye on those programs. I think that they're... Each of those companies, the airlines, the hotels, the rental car companies, uh, the credit card companies are all in the laboratory rethinking loyalty and trying to provide new benefits, uh, a membership uh, style program uh, to lure, particularly the business traveler, back. Well, let's just hope they extend some of those status levels for maybe another year, because I'm not sure how much more is going to happen in 2021, and I'm just saying that for a friend. Scott Berman of PwC. Scott, a pleasure. Thank you for coming on. Wow. Thank you, that, folks. Some of these companies now, you're very welcome, seeing more demand than pre-pandemic. We talked about it. Everybody wants to get out. We get it. All right. Still on deck. Banned board games from Family Night. And marijuana sommeliers. Thank you. Thankfully, not the same story. But we'll get more on those and more as part of your top trending stories. Dow futures flat, Bitcoin down 5%. And we are back right after this. 
At the UPS Store, we know things can get busy this upcoming holiday. You can count on us to be open and ready to help with any packing and shipping or anything else you might need. Is there anything you can't do? Um, actually, I don't have a good singing voice. <clears throat> the UPS... Nope. But our certified packing experts can pack and ship just about anything. At least that's good. The UPS Store. Be unstoppable. Most locations are independently owned. Product, services, pricing, and hours of operation may vary. See center for details. Come in today to get your holiday goodies there on time. All right, welcome back and good morning. Let's get right now to some of this morning's top trending stories, including some artificial intelligence that is looking uh, not so intelligent. Christina Partsinevelis is back with those stories and more. Christina, what do you got for us on this Friday? I got some fast food for you. Uh, McDonald's is testing automated drive-through ordering at 10 Chicago restaurants, and it's uh, not going too well. The company CEO says the voice ordering technology is seeing about 85% order accuracy, with humans still taking about a fifth of the orders at those locations. McDonald's brought the technology behind the pilot program in 2019, and if successful, could be rolled out worldwide, but probably in a few years. An L.A.-based marijuana delivery service is hiring a paid intern for three months to test its products and write reviews. Yes, according to the company's CEO, the desire is to create a position similar to wine tasting in, an, in that there are so many new products being released so frequently, he wants to know what the experience is like to help better sell products to customers. What an internship. And for those of you whose game night turns into family feud night, a new study says you're not alone. According to data compiled by one poll on behalf of Z-Man Games, one in five people have actually banned a board game for causing problems during game night. The biggest offender, according to the poll... Monopoly stands as the most debated and most forbidden board game of all time. Brian, is anything forbidden at your house? In games, I mean. Well, yeah, yeah, we used to play Monopoly, but, you know, again, we live in New Jersey, right? It's all based in Atlantic City. You got Baltic and all of a sudden people getting mad. But let's go back. Okay, first off, you got right? you a talk paid about internship yeah. to smoke pot. That's yeah. basically what you just said in like a TV friendly way. Like I you're going to pay that. To and I was, I was smiling and there was, there was VO covering me. And I was just like, wow, to think my first internship was at Reader's Digest when I could have been testing out some pot. Is it just, yeah, I my, my producer Evan just got in my <laughs> ear and said, apparently it's, it's just edibles. I don't, is it like but those gummies? Hit you even I don't know. Is it from what I've heard? Bong hits. I mean, I'm, I'm told there was a thing back in the day called, a, I'm told, called a bong, you know, and then you'd go to Hardee's. I, I don't know. You, anyway, you don't listen, know, right? here's yeah. the thing, Christina. There, there's a comedian. I can't remember. I, I, I wish I could give credit. I can't remember the comedian's name who said every board game should be called which one of my friends is a blank hole because they all cause fights. <laughs> Doesn't matter what the game. Swearing and pot. I love it. <laughs> I didn't swear. I know you did. I said bleep. And that was me, not like the FCC. Christina Partsinevelis, thank you very much. Thank you. Put six hotels on Mediterranean Avenue and just bring in the rent. All right. Ahead, Elon Musk says or implies he may be breaking up with Bitcoin, yet another cryptic tweet from a man who's been known to indulge once in a while. And if you haven't already, subscribe to our podcast. It's called Worldwide Exchange. It's pretty good. Check it out. Dow features down 28. We're back right after this.
He's back. Bill Ackman hoping to cash in even more as he looks to do one of the biggest SPAC deals ever. We'll tell you what he is eyeing. The AMC roller coaster, an investor who's been along for the ride the entire time, and what he's doing now. Get your Dramamine ready. And after the April bust, will May's jobs number come in hot, or are people still staying away from getting a job? It is Friday, June 4th, and this is Worldwide Exchange right here on CNBC. Welcome or welcome back, everybody. It's exactly 5.30 a.m. Eastern Time on a Friday. Good morning. Here's another check on your Friday futures and your money. We're not seeing a big trend right now. Remember, we got that jobs number out about three hours' time, so maybe the market is waiting on that. Dow futures down 31. Eh, call it flat. The Dow, by the way, did break a five-day win streak on Thursday. We've also got to watch bonds and 10-year yields because I want you to remember this is an important point. Well, we talk a lot about when will the Fed start to back off their bond buying. Remember, the Fed is already doing it. This week, they pulled back on their buying of corporate bonds, not treasuries, not mortgages yet, but corporate bonds. So in many ways, the taper that you often hear about has already begun. You wonder if this is an advanced move toward raising rates or backing off a broader tapering. But just remember, the taper that we talk about so much, is all, it's, not, it's not a way. It's already here. Benchmark 10-year yields at 1.63%. Also, how could we not get a live look at, we'll call it the big four trader cult stocks, AMC, BlackBerry, Bed Bath & Beyond, and GameStop. And we're seeing no change in BlackBerry. AMC down about 6%. GameStop down fractionally couple things to know if you're trading these names, okay? Call this the RBI. GameStop, now the biggest holding by far in the Russell 2000. The short interest on AMC is about 20%. So a lot of shorts are still in there. They haven't gotten blown out. And options volume on these and other so-called cult stocks is soaring again. What's old is new again. Just some things to pay attention to if you're going to trade these names. All right. We'll get back to markets and your money in a moment, but right now, some of this morning's other top stories. Christina is back with those. What do you got for us now, Christina? Now, this time we're going to start with some breaking news. Vivendi says it is in talks with Bill Ackman's SPAC, Pershing Square, Tontine Holdings regarding the sale of a 10% stake in its Universal Music Group. If it closes, the deal would be the largest SPAC deal to date and would value UMG at more than 42 billion dollars. In a separate statement, the Pershing Square SPAC also confirmed the discussions and said it will distribute the Universal Music shares to its shareholders later in the year. UMG counts Drake, Lady Gaga, and Taylor Swift as some of its musical talent. Uh, Pershing down in pre-market trading, we're seeing it negative about, yeah, a little bit over uh, 5%, and then Vivendi down uh, slightly half a percent. Facebook, though, reported plans to end its controversial policy that mostly shields politicians from the content moderation rules that apply to other users. A sharp reversal that could have global ramifications for how elected officials use the social network. According to The Verge, the change, which Facebook is set to announce as soon as today, comes after the company's oversight board affirmed its decision to suspend former President Donald Trump, but critiqued the special treatment it gave politicians, stating that the quote, same rules should apply to all users. 
The board gave Facebook until this week to respond to its policy recommendations. And big news, is Elon Musk breaking up with Bitcoin? Yet another cryptic tweet overnight. Take a look at this. You've got the Twitter, his tweet, the Bitcoin logo, and a broken heart. And, of course, a couple right in front of them. So this is a meme for investors to decode. I tried to see it on Wall Street Bets. What's the meaning behind this? But, of course, Bitcoin is moving. Anytime Elon Musk uh, tweets out anything, so you can see it's down uh, 5% lower at $36,703. Ryan, breakup time? I don't know. The news there and for our viewers on the or listeners on the radio is that Elon Musk quoted the band Linkin Park, which I, I remember. shows his age, I guess. Christina Partsenevelis, thank you. Thank you very much. Lincoln, first Linkin Park reference on this show ever. We're doing well today. All right, let's get right now to it and hit the biggest story in the markets the last couple of weeks. And that is the surge of the formerly unloved and left for dead Cult stocks, there are the names you know, heavily shorted stocks that the retail trader and others have latched onto and sent soaring. Think GameStop, BlackBerry, Bed Bath & Beyond, and Koss. Oh yeah, and AMC. And let's stay on AMC because your next guest is a fundamental investor, but says he's owned AMC since last fall. What? Ben Emmons, a Medley Global Advisor, is joining us now. Ben I read your daily pieces with great interest. They're terrific. You've been on the show a ton. And then I read that you've been trading AMC. What's going on? Yeah. Good morning, Brian. Indeed. I was you know, early in there. And you know, this came really with our discussions that we had last year about the reopening of the economy. There was so much doubt about it. But we had much you know, faith in that reopening. And what's a bellwether of the reopening? That's AMC is one example. And so when I looked at it at that time, I knew it was a obviously – a stock that was somewhat in distress and uh, also in the sense that you have a lot of debt in there. But I also felt like if the reopening is real and it's going to be sustained, then companies like this will become very profitable. I think this is what this is doing. Yes, it's extraordinary volatility, and you have to, it's not for the faint of heart. But at the same time, you also look at this fundamentally. The stock expresses that a company like this, post the, the pandemic, can become profitable. So I think it's, it's a good investment. Okay, there are, according to Y charts, I think eight analysts that cover the stock, Ben. The average price target is $5.10. The stock is over 50. I mean, I know a lot of people have strong opinions about sell side analysts, but $5 price target, stocks at 50, square the dots. Yeah, that's a tough dollar dot to square. I mean, you know, if you, if you, I guess really follow it that according to those analysts, you would be pretty concerned because you think, okay, this is way overvalued. And I think what you have to look at it more in a broader context, you know, and on one hand, you have here companies like this that have been severely hit by, by the pandemic. So as it's been shut off and then starts to reopen, that naturally comes with that major volatility. And it just drives up the stock, stock price in addition that you're getting through the options market significant amount of volume too. Then there's, of course, the company that's really trying to restructure its balance sheet, taking advantage, actually, of these volatility spikes in the stock. And that, too, actually has helped the stock move higher. So there is, in that sense, I think, versus the analyst, a bit of a disconnect here from what the company is doing and what the stock is saying yeah. about the reopening of the economy. And I think this is where I'm coming from. More broadly, micro speaking, I think this is about the reopening play. And I think the analysts may be too bearish for that matter.
Well, maybe the market's too bad. I think the, the last time I looked, the corporate bonds are trading at 85 cents in the dollar. I mean, not terrible, but I mean, 85 cents and not $1. I mean, the bond market seems to be telling kind of a different story on AMC. Yeah, this is an interesting angle here, Brian, because if you look at that, the bond market, I guess it's trading at 85 cents. It's still pretty high yielding bonds. But it was much higher yielding uh, back in December when the stock was like indeed at $5. And here, too, the company has made it clear that they want to use any proceeds from the stock sales to support um, the balance sheet by bringing down the debt. And that is the reason why the stock prices, yeah. uh, sorry, the, the bond price has been going up. It's interesting to note, too, that as the bond price goes up, that also the open interest on put options is going up on the stock. But that has much to do with the dilution risk that you do take a bit as an, as an, as an equity holder. Right? Okay. If they do sell more stock, you get a bit dilution, right? But the bonds improving, that's a good sign for the balance sheet. If they can continue the strategy, the balance sheet will be having a lot less debt, more balanced. To me, that's a better outlook if you think about this particular company. Think about the economy. Yeah. Very, very, very quickly, very yeah. quickly, Ben. And I'm sorry to jump in, but you, you wrote about $100 oil the other day. I love your notes, by the way. Just really smart stuff and a must read for me. You think you're going to get $100 oil? Yeah, that's a good question, Brian. I, I know there's a lot of dynamics going on, right? I, and so on the one hand, you have um, this really tight oil market because, you know, currently, the production of the drawdown on the inventories is very large, and the production hasn't picked up just not as much. And we have huge demand out there because which is not only U.S. has been reopening, but think about what's happening in Europe, how that is going to play out. So there's been a, a good bull run here for the, for the crude market. And will you hit that, that, that historic mark? We'll see. Right? It, it definitely has more potential for upside. That, that I think, it, from here, that's the case. Ben Emmons, Medley Global Advisors, talking movie theater chains and, and oil. Somehow they go together, Ben, but we always appreciate you coming on. Great stuff as always. Thank you very much. Thank you. You're welcome. All right, on deck. Are you thinking about moving? Maybe out of your state? If so, you're not alone. New data on how much high earners are thinking about leaving higher tax states. Dow futures down 40, Bitcoin down a touch. And we're back right after this. All right, welcome back. Time now for your big money movers. Three stock stories of the morning that you need to hear about. We're talking about signing on the dotted line, yoga pants, and some big news in the fight against cancer. Christina is back now with these stories. Christina. Well, look, first up, let's actually talk about DocuSign shares. They're higher after the provider of e-signatures reporting better than expected first quarter results. Subscription revenue was up 61%, while billings were more than 50% higher. DocuSign also raising sales guidance for the second quarter and the full year. And so your shares are up about 5%. Next, we got to talk about Lululemon. Second quarter revenue soaring 88%, fueled by a rebound in foot traffic at stores and an ongoing expansion of its e-commerce business. Lululemon is also raising revenue and profit forecasts for the year on anticipation of continued demand for its workout gear, or as Brian just said, those stretchy pants, despite easing COVID restrictions in most of its top markets. Lulu is flat this morning. And finally, AstraZeneca and Merck, a study published in the New England Journal of Medicine, shows a drug sold by both companies reduces the reoccurrence of breast cancer in women with an early, with an early by aggressive form of the disease. It's the latest advance in cancer treatment 
treatments targeting the genetic traits of tumors. AstraZeneca's fill, pill, Limparza, is one of the company's top sellers with nearly $2 billion in sales last week. We can see shares uh, relatively, Merck is a little bit higher, and AstraZeneca pretty much flat across the board. Back to you, Brian. Yeah, yeah let's win that fight. Christina Partsanovalis. Christina, thank you very much. All right, now let's talk taxes and what you might call the wealth flight. High earners leaving high-tax states like New York, California, and dare we say New Jersey. Robert Frank joining us now with some new numbers. And Robert, this is a battle. It's like some people say the rich are leaving. Others like, no, they threaten to leave, but they never do. You have, you know, facts and data at your fingertips. What's it saying? Yeah, this is actually one of the best pieces of data and research on this subject, and it shows that thousands of wealthy taxpayers in high-tax states have left for lower-tax states, due in large part to the SALT caps. Now, a study by Joseph Briggs at Goldman Sachs found that the SALT cap created an effective tax rate of over 4 percentage points for high earners in New York and California. So that was a 4 percentage point increase and up to 12 percentage points compared to what they would pay in in no-income tax states like Florida and Texas, which is why over 5% of the highest-earning households in New York moved after SALT. That wealth flight has caused a decline in tax revenue of about 1% in high-tax states, at least before the pandemic. Now, the recent tax hike on high earners in New York and, as you mentioned, New Jersey, is likely to accelerate. That migration, Goldman says, could reduce revenues from those tax hikes by more than 30% and perhaps even erase them altogether once the stimulus wears off. The report says, we expect this tax hike will meaningfully increase emigration from New York, which will in turn reduce the almost $3 billion in revenue projected. Interesting here, Brian, Goldman is not expecting a SALT repeal, but they say perhaps an increase in the SALT cap to $50,000, which it says sounds like a lot. The current cap is 10, but they say it would do little to stem the tide of the highest earners because going from 10 to 50 just doesn't move the needle for these guys who earn seven figures. And if that's the case, we're going to see this continue and even accelerate once we get through the stimulus. So there, you know, and for our viewers are wondering, you know, they're not in high tax states. They're thinking, what are you talking about? It's that ability to deduct your state and local taxes from your federal income taxes. And now they've capped that. It's a big deal for a lot of the higher tax states. It sounds like there is some willingness to move, maybe not to your point, repeal it totally, but at least raise it. Because a lot of people believe it does hold down property values as well. Yeah, and it, it, it's hard to tell right now because of all the stimulus and all the growth we're seeing in the housing market. But pre-pandemic, remember this passed in 2017, really took effect in 2018. We saw significant out-migration, especially from high-income neighborhoods where property taxes were high. You add all this together, it doesn't take a lot of income or a huge property to get to that $10,000 cap at which you know you can't deduct that from your federal anymore. So you know, it's hard for the Democrats to say, let's repeal this because most of the benefits of this do accrue to the top 1%. This is a wealth mm-hmm. tax in effect. But, but you know, they, they do want to repeal it. By the way, it does expire on its own since 20, uh, as of 2025. So maybe they'll just wait and let it expire. 
Well, that's a ways off, though. We're going to find out, but at least we get some hard data on it as well. Robert Frank, always a pleasure, my friend. Thank you very much. All right, on deck, your exclusive weekly insider report on insider buying, including a big buy at one dating app, at least one executive falling in love with that stock. It's a $5 million buy, and you've got to hear it. And just a gentle nudge, subscribe to our podcast if you can. I know many of you are going to start commuting to the office again. Maybe you can't watch. Listen on the radio if you can, but if not, download the podcast. Dow Futures off 32 Bitcoin down a touch, oil up again, and we're back after this. And by the way, June is Pride Month. All month long, we're spotlighting CNBC contributors, business leaders, and our own CNBC anchors and producers. Your State Department Chief of Protocol, Rufus Gifford. As someone who came out at 18 in the early 90s and didn't think he had much of a future and now finds himself 30 years later married to the love of his life, I say this to the next generation, understand that this progress that we have made is fragile. The moment that we start to take it for granted is the moment we start to slip backwards. your weekly exclusive insider buying segment. Five stocks the most bought by their top executives. And these stocks have been well outperforming the broader market on average in the year or so since we've been doing this. And as always, the data comes from insiderscore.com with our gratitude. And we count you down five to one. So let's go. The fifth most insider buying, Dollar Tree. A board member there buying 505000 worth. By the way, a former Lowe's executive. Fourth on the list, train company Norfolk Southern, an insider snapping up 664000 worth. By the way, his first ever insider buy and buying when the stock is near a record high. The third most insider buying, Black Knight, CEO buying just under $1 million worth of BKI. Second most insider buy this week, Jacobs Engineering, ticker symbol J. A $1.4 million buy, by the way, also into stock strength. And the biggest insider buy this week, by far, is it Bumble. And it's kind of a big deal for two reasons. Number one, it's a huge $5 million buy registered to board member Amy Griffin. But it's also interesting because the buy actually came from her spouse, John Griffin. And if that name sounds familiar, it should. He was a former bigwig hedge fund manager at Blue Ridge Capital and is known as being very secretive about his moves. Now, under disclosure rules, household members of insiders also have to report their buys through the insider, which is Amy Griffin. So really kind of an insider team effort at Bumble. You got a board member and a former hedge fund manager, and it's also just a big buy at five million bucks. So Bumble, BMBL. Certainly is a name to watch. The stock is down six-tenths of 1% right now, but I bet you it doesn't end there. So there's your top five. Dollar Tree, Norfolk Southern, Black Knight, I'm not dead yet, Jacobs Engineering, and Bumble. All names to watch. We're also watching the big May jobs number. The monthly number out today, an analyst predicted improvement from the sharp slowdown and big disappointment in April. 671,000 is the estimate, but again, Estimates are all over the map. The unemployment rate expected to fall from 6.1 to 5.9%. Let's welcome in now Sarah House, who joins us. Sarah, thank you very much for joining us. Senior economist 
at Wells Fargo. April was a giant bust, huge disappointment. What do you expect from the main number? Well, we're expecting that hiring got back on track. So we're looking for a gain of roughly 700,000. But as you mentioned, there is tremendous uncertainty since we saw with the April jobs report really highlighted that there does seem to be somewhat of a speed limit to this recovery. So there's certainly a lot more frictions when it comes to hiring than I think was generally anticipated. And I think it's also going to illustrate that we are entering a, a tougher phase of the labor market recovery. So if you think about this time last year, we still had about eight. 18 million people on temporary layoff. So they were still closely connected to their employer. But now we're at a time when employers and workers have to make new matches, new connections, and that simply takes more time. I kind of think I like what you did there. You're talking about new matches. Kind of goes to our Bumble theme that we just talked about. It. We just need to connect the dots, find the right relationship between worker and employee. Do you think we'll also, Sarah, see any kind of an upward revision Because remember, these numbers are not perfect, and every month they come out and the numbers get changed up or down from the previous month. April was a bust. Is it possible it could be revised or nudged higher? I think it's certainly possible, and that's something that I'm going to be watching more closely than than I usually would, just given that in many ways, April's number was such an aberration from the other labor market data that we've seen that have been pointing towards continued improvement and really the, the pace of demand for workers picking up and even some improvement on the supply side. So we saw that with labor force participation last month, but we've also seen it in in certain things like the household pulse survey showing um, more workers or fewer people not looking for work at at the moment. And so I think um, we'll be looking at not just the the May print uh, and the industries that are comprising that, but also what happened last month. So was that a fluke or or are there still these substantial frictions that we're seeing? Well, we're going to find out. And Sarah, I don't know where you are in the virtual world. You could be in Bangor, Maine or Barrington, Illinois. I live in, in New Jersey and every business has a help wanted sign out. I mean, not every single one, but I would say a majority of them offering four day work weeks, signing bonuses. This number could be really messy. It certainly could be. And we've seen that in in some ways, the hiring challenges have grown more acute. So yesterday, the NFIB released their May data point for positions hard to fill. And we saw that increase to another record high. And so we're certainly seeing the, those challenges. And so um, it does come down to how fast businesses are hiring versus um, how fast workers can come back. And there's a a lot of uh, various reasons overlapping that, that workers have been slower to return than businesses have been looking to hire. Yeah. 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 Also, by the way, if your school is closed, it's kind of hard to go to work. Sarah House of Wells Fargo, wait on that number today at 830 Eastern. Sarah, thank you. Great to have you on Worldwide Exchange. Appreciate it. And folks, that does it for us here on WEX. Download the podcast if you haven't already. Dow Futures down 15, Bitcoin down a touch. I'm off on Monday, but still tune in. Squawk and the gang picking up the coverage on a big Jobs Friday. We'll see you next week. Have a spectacular weekend. You've been listening to CNBC's Worldwide Exchange. You can always catch us live weekdays at 5 a.m. Eastern only on CNBC. Picture this, you're on a John Deere compact tractor, enjoying the sun as you clear brush across your pasture. You just have to get in the seat. Learn more at johndeere.com slash get in the seat or visit a dealer near you.